morning is taken from the book of Job, chapter 19. The book of Job 19, I will read from 1 to 29. And um, the topic is trusting in God, even when it seems impossible. Sometime last year, I spoke on this very message, but I feel at a time like this, beginning of the year, we need to reflect on this to encourage us in our work with the Lord. Job 19, 1 to 29. Then Job answered and said, How long will you torment my soul and break me in pieces with, word, with words? These ten times you have reproached me. You are not ashamed that you have wronged me. And if indeed I have erred, my error remains with me. If indeed you exalt yourself against me and plead my disgrace against me, know then that God has wronged me and has surrounded me with his nets. If I cried out concerning wrong, I am not heard. If I cried aloud, there is no justice. He has fenced up my way so that I cannot pass. And he has set darkness in my path. He has stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He break me down on every side and I'm gone. My hope has uprooted like a tree. He has also kindled his wrath against me and he counts me as one of his enemies. His troops come together and build up their road against me. They encamped all around my tents. He has removed my brothers far from me. My acquaintances are completely estranged from me. My relatives have failed. My close friends have forgotten me. Those who dwell in my house and my maid servants count me a stranger. I am alien in, the side, in their sight. I call my servants, but he gives no answer. I beg him with my mouth. My breath is offensive to my wife, and I am repulsive to the children of my own body. Even young children despise me. I raise and they speak against me. All my close friends abhor me. And those whom I love have turned against me. My bone clings to my skin and to my flesh. And I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. Have pity on me. Have pity on me, O you, my friends. For the hands of God have struck me. Why do you persecute me as God does? And are not satisfied with my flesh. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. That they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen 
and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me, if you should say, how shall we persecute? How shall we persecute him? Since the root of the matter is found in me, be afraid of the sword for yourselves. For wrath brings punishment of the sword, that you may know there is judgment. Amen. The book of Job, according to one writer, Matthew, Matthew Henry, it stands by itself and is not connected with any other book. So it is generally considered alone. On who might be the author? Some scholars believe it was written by prophet Isaiah or some of the later prophets but the subject seems much more ancient. It is perhaps the earliest book of the Bible set in the period of the patriarchs, as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. However, one thing we are sure, it is given by the inspiration of God, though we are not sure who authored it. And the name Job, it has two possible meanings. If derived from the Hebrew, it means persecuted one. But if it's, but it is more likely that it comes from the Arabic word meaning to come back or to repent. And if this be, be the case, it is the repented one. That's Job. The book of Job tells a compelling story of a man who loses everything, his wealth, his family, his health, and wrestle with the question, why? The affliction with which God visits us are greatly lessened or increased by the conduct of those very close to us, our friends, our families. If they are kind and ready to assist us, they help us to bear our burdens. But if they are unkind, negligent, reproachful, or judgmental in their approach, they greatly increase our sorrow. And some friends make things difficult for us by the way they make us see things. Some friends are too pessimistic. And this could make us behave negatively towards God. Instead of attracting us to God, pushes us away. They increase our guilt and make us stray our self-image. They help us 
to complain to God how, or rather how unfair God is, which is wrong. In the first place, such are not your friends. They are your enemies, or at best, circumstantial friends. Those are what they are. So the first thing is we need to avoid those who cannot add to our faiths, those who cannot add to our belief, those who has contrary opinion about God, our faiths, because they could not help us to understand the purpose of God for our lives. Avoid people who only criticize you destructively, those who doesn't see anything good in you, those who see no way forward as far as you are concerned, those who believe that you are just doing nothing and they don't believe in actually what you believe. So the reaction of Job's friends was very terrible and we must not make such mistake. Some Christians believe that the way and the only way, the best way to preach to people, to convert people, to bring draw souls to God is to criticize the individuals, the people. Or that the way to make people holy is to condemn them. That is wrong. It's not the right approach. We should not forget that it is because of the law. Because the law could not save the world that God sent his only begotten son to die for us. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to redeem us from the destruction caused by sin. John chapter 3, 17, 18 said, John 3, John 3, 17, 18. For God did not send his son unto the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we should stop condemning others because in a scale of holiness, we might not be better. The truth is that sinners, they know that they are sinners. We know our shortcomings. We know our weaknesses. But sometimes they may not have the will just to do the right thing just to take the right step. And that is why we come in, to give them that push, to give them that direction, to show them the way, and also to be an example. 
Because mm. if our lives is not in line with the, with the Bible, it doesn't make sense to, to them. Our own lives should be the scripture. We should live by example. We should be the example to, the, to them, to those that don't believe. And that's the only way you can draw them closer to God. But when we condemn them, we help them to be more rebellious to God. Back to um, um, the book of Job. Job 21.6 Job chapter 20 1 to 16 Then Zophar the, the Namatite answered and said Therefore my anxious thoughts makes me answer because of the turmoils within me I have heard the rebuke that reproaches me and the spirit of my understanding causes me to answer thank you and the spirit of my understanding causes me to, uh, to answer do you not know this of old since man was placed on the earth that the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. Though his hotness mounts up to the heavens and his head reaches to the cloud, yet he will perish forever like his own refuse. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? He will fly away like a dream and not be found. Yes, he will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eyes that saw him will see him no more, nor will his place behold him anymore. His children will seek the favor of the poor, and his hands will restore his wealth. His bones are full of his youthful vigor, but it will lie down with him in the dust. Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue. Though he spares, he spares it and does not forsake it, but still keep it in his mouth. Yet his food in his stomach turns sore. It becomes cobra, cobra venom within him. He swallow down riches and vomit them up again. God cast them out of his belly. He will stalk, he will suck the poison of cobra the viper's tongues will slay him. Here, his friend Zophar was speaking of the certainty of misery and the end of the wicked. The triumph of the wicked and the joy of the hypocrites, according to him, is fleeting. The pleasure and the gain of sin bring decrease bring disease and pain, the end in remorse 
anguish and ruin. Dissembled or pretentious piety is double iniquity, and the ruin that attends it will be accordingly. This is very true to the point. So the point is, even though it is true, the condemnation, his opinion, his ideas, his admonitions, even though it's true, yet it's untimely. We should learn to do things on time and when it's suitable. Sometimes you look at an issue. You need to apply wisdom in order not to either to escalate it. If you are to solve the problem, you need to be wise. If you are to encourage your friend in a situation like that, you need to be very, very wise. Yes, sometimes we might be judgmental, but that's not the issue. It's not the right approach. So that's exactly what Zophar was, do, was doing here. He was saying the right thing, but on, not at the right time. Job did not need such at that time, the situation he was in. Job needed encouragement not judgments or terrifying statements. Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So in our text today, Job could not help but rebu rebuke his friends who were supposed to comfort him in this time. Job's reaction can be interpreted in two ways. When, it was, when I was in affluence and prosperity, you were my intimate friends and appeared to rejoice in my happiness. But now you scarcely know me, or you profess to consider me a wicked man, because I am in adversity. Of this, you have no suspicion when I was in prosperity. These are the friends. When things were going well with, with Job, they were his best pals, the inner caucus. They're supposed to know him. If the source of his wealth was evil, they're supposed to know. If the source was godly, they're also supposed to know. But because of the trial, they now become more righteous to the point they no longer understand their friends. to the point of condemning him without knowing the source, without getting to the truth of the matter. 
So we should never rely on human being for our joy. We should never rely on human beings for our progress. And we should never rely on human beings, be friends, family, for our salvation. Circumstances can change a man's mind. We can only trust in God because he never changed. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill? Psalm 102, 25-27 says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe. They will pass away, but you are the same, and your years have no end. This morning, are you facing a fall or a precarious life situation? Are you wading through the swamps of life? Repeat this after me. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. Yes, your Redeemer lives. No matter what is challenging you. Job's lives, business, and family were wrecked by what we may consider unbearable sufferings. But if we look at it together, back to the, uh, the, the main text, Job's brethren were completely stranger to him at that point. We look at verse 13. Verse 13. He has removed my brothers far from me, and my acquaintances are completely estranged from me. My relatives have failed, my, and my close friends have forgotten me. Those who dwell in my house and my maid servants count me as a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I call my servant, but he gives no answer. I beg him with my mouth. My bread is offensive to my wife, and I'm repulsive to the children of my body. Even young children despises me. I arise and they speak against me. All my close, close friends abhor me, and those whom I love have turned against me. This is a very bad situation to be. When everything about you, those that know you, are completely estranged from you. In this case, his business associates completely stray away from him. His kinsmen and friends have all forgotten him. Those who were receiving help from him 
now consider him a stranger. Even his servants, their loyalty had been withdrawn. The wife now detested his breath, and even the children scorned and ridiculed him. He was relegated to a point of non-entity. Even as we read, even the wife asked him to cause, the, to cause God and die. That is the worst advice, advice somebody can give you. He lost his health, children, friends, and all that made him important. But he did not lose his trust and confidence in God. So, have you passed through half of what Job went through? Have you woken up one day only to discover that your whole life savings are gone with the wind? Have you suddenly been diagnosed of a terminal health condition or clinically written off? Have you just discovered that all you have sweated for and labored all your life to build have suddenly crumbled like a pack of cards? Have you become a subject of ridicule? Have you suddenly found yourself in the valley of life? Or is your future bleak and there is no light at the end of the tunnel? Are you at the verge of ending your life because of this tough situation you are passing through? Let's go back to verse 25. Verse 25 says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. This should always be our stand. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, I will stand upon the earth. He will stand upon the earth. That is confidence. Your faith and confidence in God in face of adversity is your only strength and hope to overcome. A believer's journey, or rather a believer's life, of faith is not a done deal. It is a walk in progress. It is a lifetime journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we should always exercise faith in every life situation, in any condition, no matter what. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Strong confidence in the Almighty God, ever living Redeemer, and the expectation of meeting him as a friend and portion support the soul 
in the deepest affliction and causes it to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Job's restoration to to health, family comfort, and general prosperity was even prophetical, declared by Job himself in verse 25 of our main text. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, he will stand upon the earth. Brothers and sisters, let us learn to be positive about everything, every situation of our lives. Trust in God, rely on him completely, not rely on anybody, not even on ourselves, only in him. God is not dead, he's alive. He cannot abandon you. The trial is for a moment. God wants you to understand that trial comes to develop your character and if rightly above, makes you better. It's not, trial is not meant to destroy you. It's not meant to downgrade you, but to lift you. God does not afflict or expose his children to temptation because he takes pleasure in their distress or exposures, but for their benefits, that they may be made wiser and better. And although no trial or exposure in themselves are joyous but grievous, yet, as they are, the means, when rightly improved, of increasing holiness and usefulness, they should be received, not only with submission, but with gratitude. So see those challenges. Look at it and thank God for it. Give God the praise that you are able to encounter that situation because he's going to elevate you. After the storm, you are not going to be the same. You are going to be better and better, closer to God. So let us maintain confidence in God and learn to walk with him even in the most extremely difficult situation. Father, Lord, I thank you for how you've led us. Thank you for your words that have gone forth. Lord, I pray that you begin to strengthen us in every aspect of our lives. We might not be praying, O oh Lord, for trials, challenges, and all that. But Father, the ones that you put in our ways, we know that you have plans for it. They are there for a purpose, and we pray that we will be equal to the task with faith and confidence in you. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord, even as you continue to walk with us, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom, 
and help us to reach out and draw souls on today. In Jesus' name.